Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am excited today to have a good friend of mine on the show. Um, Marsha O'Connor is joining us today. She is the CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. She um, is also um, a creative thinker, a motivational speaker. She is a mom, a wife, an everything, a member of the Entrepreneurs Organization. So, Marsha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sue. So good to see you as well. So um, how did you get into the business that you got into and what is the business that you're in? Um, great question to start off with. Um, so the O'Connor Group is an outsourced HR, outsourced recruiting company, meaning for companies that are starting or mid-sized companies, they don't have really a true HR presence or they don't really have a recruiting or a recruiting strategy. They would bring us in to be those people instead of hiring somebody full-time. So think of Strack like a fractional CFO. Well, we're the fractional HR and then we're fractional recruiting for teams. How did you get into that? Um, you know, interesting story. Um, I went to school for accounting. I came out as public accounting. I thought I would be a public accountant for the rest of my life until I realized I'm not a big ticker and flicker. And um, that really wasn't my world. I was ready to leave. They offered an opportunity in recruiting, fell in love with it. And I just found out I love listening to people of how they make decisions and what they do and how they do it and became good at it. And then I realized operations and fixing things is my thing as well. And then setting things up from scratch. And then 2007, I decided to go on my own. It's been a, it was a dream of mine to do this. And my husband kept saying, oh my God, stop talking about it. Just either you do it or stop talking. And um, I said, okay, I read the book, The Alchemist, excellent book if you're gonna start a business. And I came back, I quit. I didn't have one client, so. And all I knew is that failure was not an option. I took a little measly bonus, I think it was $8,000, and I said, I'm gonna make this stretch for six months, I'll make this work. And, um, and I was a breadwinner. So you have to do what you do, but you know, this is now, I'm going into my 16th year, so. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. 16 years, and how many employees do you have at the O'Connor Group? Um, as of today, we have 73 employees. Wow. Yeah, that is it's crazy. Super amazing, and you have such a, phen- a phenomenal um, network of people that you know, uh, and and such a great reputation. I, I love, I've loved watching you actually. I've loved watching you grow your business and I've had the honor of doing that, being part of the entrepreneurs organization. And I love when strong, like-minded women are able to get together and empower each other and you know grow their companies, which is super, which is super. Um, what are three keys that you believe is part of your success? Um, well, let's get back to the other thing really fast. So just right back at you, you're is just as dynamic and powerful out there, my dear, with a great reputation. So it's so much fun we get together. You'll find out if you're a woman entrepreneur out there, it's really amazing to hang out with other successful women entrepreneurs because we're all 
somewhat similar in our DNA. But going to your question about the keys, I would say number one is uh, perseverance. And you have to really believe in what you sell and why you sell it and when you sell it. Um, you have to believe it because people really, they don't always buy the product. They, they do buy your trust and they do buy the belief in you. Um, so that's really, really a big piece. Number two key is, uh, like I said, failure was not an option. And you have to write down your goals. You have, you just don't make these things up. And people will be like, well, I'm going to make $2 million this year. And I ask them, well, how are you going to do that? They're like, oh, I'm going to figure it out. I'm like, that's not a plan. Um, like you got to write it down per week, per day, per, per hour, what you think you're going to be doing. And then it's much more achievable if you do that. Number three key would be to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Uh, I think a lot of times people hire people that aren't, and that's a mistake. I think it's really important to hire people who are smarter than you, uh, because the more you learn, the more you grow, and the better your company's going to be. I totally agree with that. I always surrounded myself with everyone who, where my lack, when I lack strength or when I lack something, I hired somebody who was better at, at it than me, because they then taught me all their strengths and all their knowledge. And I just knew how to surround myself with amazing people. And um, when you surround yourself with amazing people, that is definitely a key to success. And then when people ask me all the time, I say, I don't know, I have to ask Christy, or I don't know, I have to ask Remy. It's because I've surrounded myself with people who are the experts in those things. Yes. Because one person cannot be the expert in everything. That it is just a massive work that way. It's a massive downfall of a lot of entrepreneurs because they think they can do it all. And, you know, unfortunately, you will realize soon that you cannot and you are really going to be good and you're going to wear one hat. You don't wear 10. And it takes a little a few years to realize that. But when you really write down all the things that you're doing, so many of them are sales and marketing, you know, and product and this and that. I'm like, you can't do it all. You're going to have to be OK letting go. So um, let's hit perseverance really quick because I love I love perseverance. And being um, a, an entrepreneur, being a business owner, being even anything, you have to have perseverance in this world. Why, why do you think it's so important to have the perseverance and the understanding that that's important? And then how do you how do others feel and convey your perseverance, if that makes sense what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, the perseverance, like, listen, we all went through COVID and COVID was absolutely horrible. And I think nobody knew what tomorrow was going to bring. So as a leader, you have to figure out like how your team is going to react. So however you're going to react, they're going to react 10 times worse. So you got to say, I'm going to either be positive here, we're going to be creative, think outside the box. And then my team is going to do that. And guess what? When your team sees that, they're also going to do that with their clients as well. And so it's really important that you always do that. But I'm also a realist. You know, I tell my team this year, it's like, listen, it's a bumpy year, you know, um, saddle up because it's not like, you know, the past two years is gravy for a lot of us because it was, you know, free money out there. So people were spending and, you know, being professional services, people were spending a lot on us. And so now this year, people have been really being very close to their money and that's okay. It's just, you want to make sure that you pull back on things so that you can still do different things, but you know, you don't have to rob the bank, but perseverance you have to stay clear with your goal and your vision it is so important yeah and then talking about um your goal and your vision and a bumpy year how do you handle pivoting during those years like how do you handle your team and pivoting and talking to them about the bumpy year yeah well i think it's a different ways of looking at it right i know there's some people that get freaked out and and yell at their people and all too i'm like 
I wouldn't highly suggest to do that. Um, what we did during COVID was I just always felt helpless and we came up with this wonderful newsletter called the Survival Kit. And it was out every week, Ben, and it was basically top 10 tips about what you need to know about HR and recruiting. And also I always showcased other entrepreneurs in the area that were really hurting to say, hey, we're in it together, let's help together. People really, really found a lot of like just heart in that newsletter and now it's called the connector that goes out every two weeks and people still send me messages about how much that newsletter means to them and that was a huge pivot for us because we didn't have a newsletter like that before um but now it has become a, a staple of who we are as a company and you have and as soon as things started to turn back on which is around august of 2020 these people and new clients came out of the woodwork because they said hey you took care of us it's our turn to take care of you. So that that was huge. I think right now, because we actually know what's coming, we see the numbers, we see where things are happening. It's really, it's just like, it's like planning. You know, it's saying, okay, listen, it might get a, um, a cut. So we're gonna have to pull back on here, pull back on here, and just be honest with your team. You can't say it's rosy peachy every single day. You have to say, hey, it's gonna be a bumpy road. So this is what we're gonna do and be on top of it and be okay with it. And you know, you don't wanna have the chirpers take over the conversation. You wanna slop them a little bit like this and to say, hey, listen, we got this. We're going to get there together. But every week is, you know, is a journey. So instead of, I guess, basically celebrating that every two months or three months successes, celebrate every week. Because right now it's a week by week kind of thing to make sure that people feel like, hey, if we made it this week, we're doing this and all. It's really exciting to see that. But you have to be that beacon of light. Yeah, I love the beacon light. I I'd like to go back to something you said about the connection. Now your newsletter is called The Connection. I believe that you are a master connector and networker. I've watched you work a room better than anyone I've ever seen. If someone is new to networking on this telephone call, what would your suggestion be of how they can start to network, how they can start to build um, a clientele or a base? You know, um, it, it's a great question, Sue. Um, to be honest with you, people don't realize this too. I am a very low extrovert. Um, I am I'm probably more on the introverted side. And a lot of people who run businesses are probably more introverts than extroverts. So going into a crowded room is probably just painful for them. And so what I would do to myself is I would say, I am here because my time is worth money. And if I'm going to be spending two hours, my goal was for every hour, my goal was three business cards. So my goal was to go in there, talk to three people, do business cards. So next hour, three more business cards. I would follow up that night on LinkedIn. I literally would go to my car. And I remember, um, you know, our, our buddy Jim would say this. He would go to the car and he would basically say, hey, thanks for meeting with me today, blah, blah, blah. I would do that as well. So that night you'd actually see a connection with me and get it moved. Because if not, tomorrow's a whole new crazy day already planned for me. I never got back to it. And so you gotta be in the moment. And so I know it was like, my time is worth money. So if I can get at least three people, connect with them on LinkedIn, send a quick message and all, and I would actually probably put them in my HubSpot so they can get our newsletters now. But the idea is like that we're getting out there, getting visible. And you gotta keep in mind, the busier you become, you know, every minute counts. So how are you gonna make that count best for you and your company? Right, and I love what you said. You put them in your HubSpot, you have automation, so stuff goes out to your people constantly, and so that you're always top of mind. These are all like just the little tiny things that I wanna bring out of what you're saying because it really does mean that you have to put the entire package together so that you can build the network that you're building. Yes. So, or that you've already built. 
Um, who, do, who, who does Marsha admire? You know what? Um, to be honest with you, I admire, you know, people like Sarah Blakely and she, she had an idea. Um, she had a patent that, that I don't know if you guys ever listened to her full story, but her patent almost never came off the ground because the guy on the other, other, other line couldn't understand her. And, um, because he was really deep South. And so the whole patent might've been completely different and she wouldn't be where she's at today. And it's so cool because she takes care of her team and she's always looking forward and just had an idea. She cut her pantyhose one day and she's like, you know what? We could do this. And how many, that, people did, how many of us did that in college? We, all of us. I did. mean, we all did. <laughs> he just you bet. had the forethought to do something about it and said that there's got to be a better way. Absolutely. I mean, I literally always had clear nail polish in my pocketbook at all times for that reason. Yes. You know, and um, and nowadays you can get, you know, pantyhose really quick, but I don't know about you, but being a little girl, it was not easy to get pantyhose quickly. And um, and so you had to do all these different things. But those kind of people like that, people who who stand out, who speak up, who have a voice, who are creative, innovative. You know, I look I look those people, the ones who really had to make it hard. You know, the founders. I look at all the founders, the ones that basically they lost everything and they came back. You know, those are the stories I like hearing and all because it keeps me motivated because not every day is uh, roses and utopia. There are times I'm like, oh, and you want you just have to hear that sometimes remind yourself you got this. It's having the grit. Yeah. Grit. It's the grit. And and you're right. Not all days are, uh, you know, roses and utopia. And being a founder or being that a leader can be a very lonely place at times. And uh, you just sometimes want to, you know, jump in your car and scream. And I've always say, like, when I walk in the office, the, my mood sets the tone of the way the office is. And that's a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot of pressure. But that is a lot of pressure because sometimes you just get a crappy call as you're pulling into the parking lot and you don't want to have a smile on your face and be like, good morning, how's everybody doing? You know, and you and you just want to shut your door, but you don't need to have your door shut. Like you need to have that open door policy so people can feel your energy. And I've been in your office and your office has a lot of positive energy. All that's so super important. Um, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you do? I'd be creating something else. So I'm an innovator. I'm a creator. I mean, I went, it's so funny. I went to college and people were like, what do you want to go to school for? I said, you know, I don't know what the major is, but I want to build something. And they're like, what? And I said, I don't know. But I think if I do management, um, it'll start me because I'll know all the tools of how to run a business. And they're like, what do you want to build? I'm like, you know, I don't know, but I love, I love herding cats. And this was when I was back before I was even in college. And then when I got in, they said, my professor was like, you're going to be an accounting major. I'm like, I don't want to be an accountant. Like, I didn't want to get stuck in a corner being an accountant. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want to be an accountant. And then he said, you, you won't trust me on this. And I took, I took his advice and it was the best move I ever made by far. Um, and, um, and I'm still building stuff being an accountant. But, you know, I have a right brain and a left brain. And so I'm very creative. And I'm also very um, strategic. And so I have both brains, um, so good and bad. But, you know, I love building. So I don't know what, but building something. So when you write your goals down, do you write your goals down for the year, for three years, five years, personal, business, 10 years? Well, great question. Everything. So we're an EOS company and EOS typically is one year or three year to 10 year. And so we go through that. And so every six months we go through that. Are we on track? Do we want to fix anything? Do we want to do anything? But if you write things down, I can't stress this enough for new entrepreneurs too, in particular, you have to write it down. If you don't write it down, it won't happen. 
And I really believe that. But people look at you like you're like you make think this up. I said, I know it's painful because then you actually have to see what you're writing down. You have to keep to it and you have to. And yeah, you if you fail, it's nobody else but yourself, you know, but you have to make those plans, you know, attainable. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I always say if you don't write your goals down, they're just dreams. Yep. So and I have a vision board. I walk past it every day when I every time I walk out of my office, it's right on the right hand side of me. So I love that. So what is in the future for Marsha? Oh, um, well, we just expanded to two locations. We have Raleigh and Tampa now. So we're trying to do what we do here or there, you know, and getting it going. It's harder because I don't have the people on the ground there yet. I'm trying to use some of my people here. But that as well as, you know, figuring out, you know, what other service lines we want to go through here because we I've had so many people have these ideas and all. But I, my biggest thing was always be like, you know, Come on, you know this as well as I do, like the riches are in the niches, right? And so we really just do outsource HR and outsource recruiting. But how can we become the best at what we do? And how do we just really focus on, you know, companies probably under 200 employees and be the best out there? So it's taking that whole message and really spreading it across the country, but having these two offices first. But like I said, you know, the economy is a little bumpy right now. So you have to be careful of how much and how little. So it's like, what can you do right now to show people it's a lot less expensive to use our services than, say, a typical agency? And people, they look at you like, is that true or not? I'm like, it is true. And we always tell them, just start with one and see how it goes. But when you see companies about 68% usually, like on recruiting a person, we make them true believers very quickly. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, a little bit, we've mentioned the Entrepreneurs Organization a couple times. I know that it's uh, close to your heart. What is the Entrepreneurs Organization for people who don't know what it is? Absolutely. Um, Entrepreneurs Organization is a international organization for entrepreneurs. Typically, the revenue has to be a million or more per year. Um, used to be four employees, but I think it has changed since then. But the million or more is the mark. And depending upon what state you're in or what country, there is a chapter like Philadelphia. You and I are members of the Philadelphia. I'm still I am uh, still the president until the end of June this year. And it's about 112 members right now going strong. But internationally, EO is about 17,000 members. And the nice thing about it is you can call somebody up in Milan, somebody in South Africa who's an EO um, cohort and basically ask them any kind of question. And they're there to help you. And so it's really having all this expertise of people literally around the world at your fingertips to use any time. And everybody gets back to you as an EO member, which is really cool. Somebody you don't know out in Austin, Texas, you send a message, you say, I'm EO Philadelphia, you're going to get a response. And that's what I love so much about it. But it's also about learning, growing, and becoming your business. Been around for eight years for me. And uh, I got to be honest with you, when I first started my company, you know, we were probably just a little over a million. And, you know, now we're over 12. So it's if you listen, if you learn, if you pay attention, these are people who want to help you, not hurt you. You will take your company to the next level. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why I wanted you to tell everyone I've been an EO member for over 10 years i absolutely love it and i was able to take my business to 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 levels that i don't think that i would have been able to by myself so it's a great group of people who really encourage everyone to do their to do their best um and everybody's best is different yep. and um i that's what i love and i love the different segments of eo that there's eo women's groups and um, my son is, was just moved, moved to Dallas and I had questions and I sent it to the EO group in Dallas and they were amazing. And um, so if anyone is interested, you can look up the, what is it, EO Network? 
dot org. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Philadelphia, if you're in Philadelphia at all, it's also EO Philadelphia, Philadelphia um, dot org as well. And um, the greatest thing about that is it's just there's so many programs to go to different things. But the people that you meet, they're just lifelong um, entrepreneurs as well. And you just it's all about learning and growing. Absolutely. Well, Marcia, thank you so much for sharing some time and some knowledge with us today. I truly appreciate it. You are a great friend and a great, great mentor and a great EO member of mine. And I truly appreciate you for who you are. And thanks, Sue, likewise. And thank you for having me on the show. I always love helping you out any way I can. Thank you so much. Everybody, remember to like and share our podcast. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Grab Your Keys.